Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, I'm I'm excited about this this podcast because we're going to discuss a column by Tom Berducci, the uh, Sports Illustrated excellent baseball writer. You also see him, I think, on Major League Network. Uh, does some sideline reporting on television. Just has been around the game for for years and years, and, is, and again, well respected by players, uh, people in the business, all of that. He wrote a column about the Tampa Bay Rays, or story, I should say, that is not. Very flattering. Now, the Rays have gotten a ton of attention, and rightfully so, uh, over the years for just the consistency, uh, the low payroll, battling teams that have you know far more money in the American League East, the evil empire like the Yankees and, of course, the Red Sox and so on. Uh, and they're, they're at it again. They got, what, the best record in the American League, I think, uh, leading the AL East mm-hmm. as we do this podcast. So, I mean, uh, you know, and, and the way they have done it this year has just – continue to defy logic, right? With the number of, of, of players on the IL, particularly pitchers, number of pitchers they have used. And that's sort of where Verducci jumps off because, you know, for all their innovations, and they've been criticized for the opener and, and the shifts and different things like that, many, many teams in baseball have adopted those practices. And they've also whittled away at the Rays in their front office. You've got now uh, a bunch of former Rays front office people general managers or that are now general managers throughout baseball uh and so they're doing something right and everybody knows it they're just trying to figure out you know how right and ultimately is it good for the game Uh, and you know what the rays do is for survival purposes because they're small market low attendance small payroll that sort of thing um would they like to be able to you know pay 300 million dollars for the best pitcher in baseball and put them in the rotation every five days absolutely they're not in that universe. That's not where they live. They, they, they can't do that. So they had to get creative. Um, they've had to develop players. They've had to uh, make trades and, and try to recruit prospects in the minor leagues and develop them, bring them up. And it's worked. All of it has worked with Kevin Cash, um, all those guys. So against that backdrop comes a Verducci column that really hits on the fact that, you know, the Rays have – sort of just shuffled through pitchers like it's nobody's business. And some of that is because of injury. In fact, an awful lot of it is. Um, And yet, the question that Verducci raises is what the Rays do with their pitchers, particularly in the bullpen, their usage of them, uh, their attention to things like spin rates and arm angles, are they actually sort of burning through these guys because of because of their use, because of how they use them and how frequently um, you know they move them up and down between the minors, so I just I'll just give you an idea of of what Berducci is talking about, and he you know he starts out with an anecdote about a reliever uh, David Hess who was signed, I guess last week they activated him for a game that he didn't pitch and then they designated him for assignment right after that, so he wasn't here very long, 
Um, the same weekend, Chris Mazza, who had a really great game the other day, has been up and down from the minors. They've optioned or recalled him 15, 15 times this year. And his average stay in the big leagues for the Rays is just 3.7 days. And that's sort of who they've been. Um, you know, they won two or three from the White Sox in the, in the series prior to this one by using 14 pitchers. And if if you just kind of look at, you know, no one's won really more games uh, than the Rays have over the past three seasons or so. Uh, I think only, only the, the Dodgers. Dodgers have. Yep, only yeah. the Dodgers. So, you know, and so that, but their turnover in the pitching is just crazy. And this number is staggering, Steve, that they've had a carousel that has turned through 66 different pitchers in the last two years. And an offense that strikes out a lot. But of the 66 pitchers, um, more than half of them, 34, have lasted for less than 15 total appearances. So the churn rate is just incredible. And he, he lists some of the the key stats here that I just want to rifle through. They've used the franchise record 35 pitchers to play their first 110 games of the year. 35. Uh, they made 173 procedural moves, Reducci writes, with pitchers in the first 144 days of the season. They've placed a pitcher on the injured list 31 times in the first 21 weeks. And they've used five or more pitchers in a game, five or more, 50 times already this year. Um, and if you talk about a year ago, well, this is who the Rays are. This is what they do. Well, no, uh, they only have five pitchers left on that roster going all the way back to from 2019. And only one, one from the 2019 um, ALDS team that's, you know, well past in the rear mirror. So it's it's interesting. And and what Verducci well, let's let's stop there. That's that's a hell of a lot of pitchers. And I guess you would say first and foremost, when you look at that number, Steve, it's like, well, they don't they can't afford the big arms. They can't keep a guy once he develops into a superstar. So this is always going to be the raised way. They're always going to have to use volume over, you know, somebody making twenty five million dollars a year. That would That's be that model. would yeah that would be their argument and you know as a pitcher I mean what the Rays have done is, is incredible uh, not only from a kind of recreating baseball and figuring out new ways to basically get through twenty seven outs right you know it's not really about a starter and you know closer and this it's we've got to get twenty seven outs. How you know it doesn't matter how you do it. You know your closer comes in in the fifth inning if if that's the situation that needs it tonight. Mm-hmm. You know we've seen Andrew Kittredge go in all, all kinds of places this year, including opening. Um, you know it, it's they've kind of rethought the way baseball is, and, and it's very unconventional. So there's a lot of people that don't like it just for that period. Yeah, and, and if that's your viewpoint, fine. From the player standpoint, it's incredible how they've all bought into this. Because in part, and and Verducci brings this up too, is a guy like Chris Mazza a lot or Dietrich Enns or, you know, he names some of these guys that have had a Mm -hmm. cup of coffee up here. They come in, they they throw, you know, two, three shutout innings, and then they get sent down the next day. 
Yeah. You know, for pitching well, they they get sent down. And, you know, I, I wonder if in the new CBA if some of this is going to come up um, in regards to, Good. you know, is there – if you're called up, is there a minimum stay in the big leagues? Much mm-hmm. like when you're sent down, you can't come back up for 10 days. Barring That's an injury, right. Barring an injury. Someone goes on the yeah. I.L. You maybe you should have up. to keep a guy for a certain number of days. You know, maybe it's five games. Because, I mean, you know, the other thing is the players are accumulating service time. Right. You know, or if you get sent down right away for the next, you know, if it's less than five days, you're going to get paid the big league salary for those days. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and get service time. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting what the players decide to do as the CBA comes up at the end of the year here. But, the, yeah, the Rays – it's all, I mean, it's about quality, of course, but you know they're more interested in qu- the quantity of arms mm-hmm. because they don't want pitchers facing guys three times in a row. They don't That's want right. you facing a guy coming in and facing the same team three times in a series. You know they they want a lot of different pitchers, and and you know that graphic last year in the World Series that Fox had with the arm angles, and you know had every pitcher of the Rays bullpen arm angle. From the left and right side, everybody's different, which is part of what makes the race successful, is that every time you come up, it's pretty much a different pitcher, and it looks completely different. The stuff's different. The angle's different. The delivery, how, yeah. where you see the ball, how you see the ball, all that is different. Every, every at-bat you have, and it drives, you're a former hitter. That would drive you nuts. Yeah, no, I hated not facing a guy more than once because it took me at least an at-bat to sort of not only time them up, but if you were hope, if you're lucky, you'd see a lot of pitches. You'd see his sliders, fastballs change up, and you'd, you'd be able to adjust to it um, simply by being up there and seeing a lot of pitches. And you're going to change a guy every every time I get up. I, I can never get comfortable. It's just you know you might hit the guy, but it's not it's not anything that you're locked into doing when it, when you're seeing somebody different every at bat. That's that's just the bottom line. Where this is where this is headed. Where this where the, where I really. Well, the rubber meets the road in this story, um, and he more than hints at it a little bit. But, you know, he talks about sort of how the Rays, you know, they their starters don't go very long. Well, even when they start, and we've known about the opener and stuff, but even when they start, they throw about 75 pitches on average. Um, they were last in pitches per start last year, which was 71. The year before that was 70. And the year before that was sixty three. But that stat that stat's deceiving because in the games you throw an opener, you know the guy's going one inning. You're never going. True, mean, and that's I, what I think, pounds it down. I think you need to recalculate that stat for when they actually because start a starters start. are not opener. It should be the bulk inning guys. And I'm sure it's going to be low for the Rays. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Waka's not going deep into games most of the time. That's Ryan right. Yarborough, actually, he goes pretty much the deepest. Of and anybody. you're playing into your strength, which yeah. is your bullpen. Right. Okay. So the sooner you get to those guys in the sixth inning, the better off you are. Right. But the games you, that you start an opener, I think you got to take it out of that calculation. I would agree. I, I mean, think that's you know, misleading. If, that's it's, misleading. if it's Yarborough or Waka going in, yes, mm-hmm. count it. Yeah. But if it's if it's Andrew Kittredge starting the game, you yeah. know he's going one inning. That's it. Exactly. I mean, so that know, that's misleading. Yeah, I would agree. And, and with other you. teams have used openers too. They're not the, the Rays aren't the only one. They've just used it more than anybody else. Yeah. Here's here's where I think he's headed. Is that he says that over the past two years, no team has thrown fewer fastballs than the Rays, forty four point five percent, not including cutters. And he singles out Chaz Rowe, who was incidentally on the IL. Um, and he criticizes the way they use their pitchers. He says, you know, the guy's a journeyman reliever. 
was throwing 14% sliders when the Rays acquired him in 2017. Now, you and I know, Steve, that of that 14% sliders, they went and looked and saw how many were swing and miss. And they're always going to take a pitch that the guy has success with and say, throw that more. I think that's one of the secrets to the Rays when they get these guys and, and how they become effective. They find out where the best pitches are, and then encourage them to go with it. However, a lot of sliders, right? Um, after two years, Chaz Rowe was throwing 64% sliders, and then he broke down this year. He needed he needed shoulder surgery. You could say that you got a bunch of guys, other guys hurt, like Oliver Drake or Colin Boucher or Pete Fairbanks or Nick Anderson or Ryan Thompson. Um, so you wonder if, you know, it's caused by throwing so unconventionally and, you know, the way you're rifling through these guys and using them, kind of using them up, it, it's, it's very, they're very critical about, you know, is this good for baseball? Is this good for a pitcher? Would you want to, would you want to pitch here? Um, is this something that you're willing to go called, recalled, option, recalled, you know, all that stuff the way Mazza has, uh, but, but, you know, take a guy like Mazza. Here's a guy that pitched for five different organizations, right? And he's been DFA'd like four times. Tell me the guy that's not going to want to come to the big leagues and the majors and do exactly what the Rays say when you've been battling around and beating around in the bush in the minors for years and years and years, and they give you this opportunity. And not only that, they tell you, give you a blueprint of how to be successful. I think there's, there's too many of those guys, you know, for it to be a bad thing. Um, in some respects. Well, the question is, is, is you know, okay, Chaz Rose comes here and he's using the slider more. Mm-hmm. You know, was that his decision? Was it the Rays? Is that what causes injury? You know, I, I mean, the Rays have had a lot of injured pitchers, but then again, they have more pitchers than anybody else too. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. If you look at the innings that their pitchers pitch, it's not necessarily more than others. Um. You know, I think they're pretty cautious with the way they use pitchers for the most part. But is, you know, is, you know, with the Rays like to find pitchers that have different deliveries and different arm angles and stuff. And is some of that, you know, those uniqueness of those individual pitchers causing them to get hurt more? I, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I, I've got to imagine certain arm angles and, and, and the way you throw balls, I mean, you know, Tyler Glass now, they took the the sticky tack away, and he said he was gripping the ball harder, and he thinks that's what partially caused his, what now he's having Tommy John surgery. Is that the Rays' fault? Right. It, you know, now Tyler Glass now throws the ball really hard and puts a lot of spin on that ball. Yeah, he does. You know, is, is that the Rays' fault? Or, I mean, he's done that long before he came to the Rays, too, so. Yeah. It's just it's, it's it's a very interesting thought, and I I think it's worth you know Verducci covering it and and asking the questions because I, I don't think we know and we may not know for years really. Yeah, um, I, I know a lot of pitchers come here and find better stuff, and mm-hmm. and and you know how many guys this this season have they. Uh, what was the guy the last week that had three shutout innings? Um, then they had to DFA him, and the Dodgers didn't pick him up. The guy had over a six ERA in AAA. He came in mm-hmm. and threw three shutout innings for the Rays. Right. You know. Now they all do. They all seem to have success when you they know, come, when they come it, here. Was it something the Rays had him Taught do? Him. 
yeah. had him do differently or just pitch selection cool. or just, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't tell you, I know the secret sauce, but it sure seems like it happens to a lot of pitchers. I think pitch selection is a big part of it. I think that mm-hmm. they analyze, you know, the, the certain pitches guys throw for swing and misses, mm-hmm. and then they try to encourage them to, to, to have throw a high concentration of those pitches, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, fastball, slider, curveball. Yeah. And the defense behind them. Right. That, you know, don't be a scared, don't be scared to let them hit the ball at times. Nope. I mean, we nope. like swing and miss, but yeah, you know, you've got good defense behind you when they hit it, we're going to be positioned, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you kind of have that confidence going in too. Yeah. I mean, that definitely helps their pitching. I mean, they, they're an outstanding defensive team with really fast outfielders and um, they're solid up the middle of the infield. So it's, it's certainly helping them. I don't know. It, it just, I came away with the impression that they were sort of quietly alleging that there's overuse and some abuse here and that well, whether it's arm angles, spin rates, whatever, that and, and shuffling guys back and forth, that they may be contributing wittingly or unwittingly to a lot of these pitchers, I'd say an inordinate amount of pitchers going on the IL for various things. And, and you just wonder, you know, if you ask a guy, hey, you're going to open a game, you may come in in the middle, you may come in the end, we're going to use you every two days, go out there and throw your maximum effort for the, as long as you're in there. And then we'll bring it back in a couple of days. You can do it again. Like, at what point does that become taxing? But is you know? that different than other teams? I mean, okay, so, no, you know, coming not in totally. the third not inning, totally coming in the third inning compared to the seventh or compared to the ninth. Yeah, that's a mental thing, right? That's not a it's physical not physical thing. thing, right? I mean, if you, if you pitch the same number of innings as a guy in another team, but okay, right. so today was the third inning. Two days from now, it's the seventh, and then yeah. three days and later, I think it's they the watch fifth. their workload. I mean, I mm-hmm. you know you you know I think they. Regardless of when you come in, I think they're watching how many pitches you throw and, and how many days you've gone in a row. And I think Cash does a pretty good job of managing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so I, I, I mean, we I do know, know the mental is part of it. I mean, and I'll go back to one of the original openers here, Ryan Stanek. Yeah, great stuff. Could not start. <laughs> well, no, he was really good no, as an opener. No, he was the starter. He yeah. couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, you put close. him in late in the inning, late in the game, and he had trouble. And and yeah. you know, it wasn't the stuff. It was. Yeah. You know, mentally, whatever it was. I mean, some guys just, you know, yeah. some guys, you know, pucker up late in the games. Others sure. others are more calm in that situation. You know, Ryan Stanton sure. comes in as an opener and he was lights out. Yep. Yep. You know, when he was start, when he would start those games, you know, okay, well, they're not going to score till at least the third inning. Maybe the second, depending on the first. But I mean, he was lights out. But you put him in the seventh inning and it was, it was a struggle at times. Yeah. But, well, but the arm injuries and, and, and turning through the pitchers, I mean, you know, because they use a lot of pitchers, they have to do that. Now, you could change the rules of baseball as far as, like you said, if you call a guy up and he's got to stay on your roster for five days, that, would, that could change things if, if baseball wants to make a change. Yeah. You know, I, I know there's probably a lot of teams that would like to see some of those changes because the Rays are beating them. <laughs> yeah, they are. Beating them handily at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees can't catch the Rays consistently now. Yeah. You know, and the Yankees are a good team this year, especially with the pieces they added. They're like better we now. About, yeah. yeah, we talked about last night the pieces they've added this year really right. kind of sparked them. Uh, and the Red Sox are still another year or two away. I mean, the, you know, they were they came out the first half of the season playing well, but we never thought they would hold that up this year. Um, but I, and I think Hein Bloom's going to do a fine job up there. 
He's already started. Yep. But the Rays keep beating the big guys at their their own game the last few years. And believe me, the big guys don't like that. No, they don't. And I wouldn't like it either. If I was an owner and I was paying so much per win and everybody was getting this ridiculous amount of money and therefore my profits weren't very good as compared to other teams. And here comes this you know, small market club that's paying one-fourth of the payroll and winning all the games, I'd be like, whoa, 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 what, what, what's wrong with our model here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're buying talent and not getting as much for it uh, on the dollar. And so that causes a lot of people. And that's why a lot of former Rays front office guys are GMs around mm-hmm. baseball. But you also, you, yeah, you also don't hear a lot of former Rays pitchers complain about what – no, what goes on? I, there. I mean, I think a lot of them too, you know, um, want to be in the big leagues, and this is their way to mm-hmm. it. And you know, um, they just want to pitch, and I, I get that. But I don't know. There, there might be something to the just the large number of injuries. I, I think that's sort of what they're alleging a little bit. Well, but, I, I think, I think it's very possible that some of what they do, you know, I, and, and granted. When a pitcher comes here, I, I can't tell you, you know, okay, so Dietrich Enns gets signed. What right. are they telling him to do differently and stuff? And, you know, and I'm sure every pitcher is different based on what, what their do. stuff is and, and such. Mm-hmm. So are, are they causing more twisting of an elbow or shoulder or something? That's I, I, I can't tell you that. I'm not going to yeah. say it is or isn't. I don't know. But do you think it's possible? And I, I don't know. You know, in this day and age, it's just baseball's changed. Do you think it's possible that – that if you don't have a defined role, mm-hmm. um, which right now only two starters do, in my opinion, mm-hmm. if you don't have a defined role and they're going to use a ton of these guys anyway, that, that every time you go out there they say, hey, man, give us all you got, maximum on every single pitch. Mm-hmm. And you may last two innings, but you're going out there, man, you're just, you're just letting it go. You're just releasing and, mm-hmm. and going for it. And then, you know what, two days later you're out there again. And then maybe the next day you're out again. Like, is it the style of effort? Is it the you know um, the amount of slight? Like they find one out pitch and they say, "Yeah, throw that every time," and that creates some kind of you know torque on elbows and shoulders or whatever. I don't know. I just know these guys are getting hurt a lot, a whole lot, and that's why they've used so many pitchers. But it's also part of their genius, you know. So it is kind of a chicken and the egg question. I mean, they 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 manage their bullpens and 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 beat you not with their major league roster, but with their whole organization. You know, when you got that much that you can pick from and shuffle guys up and down, they still get big league hitters out. That's what's rare, you know. Um, but it, it's a it's a good story, and it, you should check it out on Sports Illustrated, Tom Berducci, um, and sort of, you know, we've seen these titles before um, about the Rays, and, you know, it's just basically – in a nutshell, are, are they? Is it good for base? Are they good for baseball? Is this is this style of theirs with the pitching in particular good for the game? Uh, and again, he's asking the question. He really doesn't answer it necessarily. But yeah, and I, does, I don't think we know yet. I mean, I, I also think it's it's a small sample size to know if this is. Yeah. You know, I, years from now, maybe we'll have a better idea. Right. Um, right. In particular, as more and more teams adopt this philosophy, which well, as, long as the, the Rays keep winning, they will. That's right. You may you may find teams try to you know not have or, or lean towards not having a conventional starter for those three and four and five spots. Um, again, anytime you get a guy that's dominant and can go seven innings every time out and so on and so forth, you're going to want them. They're just going to catch cost too much money, 
know, the Rays can't afford those guys. So uh, they're just never in that market. But Yeah, but then you also have guys like, you know, Chris Archer who hurt and he comes back and, you know, two innings and he's hurt. I mean, is that because there's something the Rays did? I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know how his rehab and everything else went, but he hadn't pitched since April, essentially. Right, right. Now, um, that was a hip, I think. Yeah, um, right. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, just no, because think, just because a lot of pitchers get hurt doesn't necessarily mean it's absolutely no. something the Rays did. But no, guys are going to get hurt. Yeah, it, it was. An, it's an interesting. It's an interesting article. It's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, I, there's no answer at this point. Right. Let's do a poll question. No. Sixty-six uh, percent <laughs> of you will be wrong, guaranteed, or your money back. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just a good story by a good writer, and, and it's food for thought. And I think you guys should check it out on Sports Illustrated or Sports Illustrated. I mean, you know, the other part of this with pitching is, you know, think back to, I can even think back ten, fifteen years ago in baseball. How many guys threw ninety-six or above? Oh, very little. Now every arm comes out of it. Every arm's throwing nine. If you're not throwing ninety six, you're. It's it's extremely tough to get to the big leagues. Well, and unfortunately, that that filters down to youth ball. You well, know, like I, I can remember, you know, not long ago that your high school coach would say, "Hey, man, if I can get you to throw ninety by the time you're out of here, you'll be drafted." Now listen to me now, drafted, <laughs> um, or college scholarship at minimum. And then and now, because um, I have experience with this, because I know some folks that are in the college baseball game and were being looked at as, as draft picks. Now it's like, no, you got to throw mid nineties. Like, wait a minute, like 92, 93. Nope. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. We're looking for nope. 95, six, seven, eight. That's what we're looking for consistently. Well, I'm just here to tell you the human arm, <laughs> uh, for you to throw that hard is going to have to really max out on a lot of pitches. And I think, you're getting, you know, that that sort of injury as a result of the velocity and the emphasis on the velocity as much as anything. Well, and, and starting at a young age too. I mean, a how very much impact is age. that happening? Oh, it's arms? happening. It's happening in youth ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's happening in travel ball. It's happening in the high schools and college and so forth. So, yeah, it starts young. I mean, you know, pitching I such throw an harder. unnatural motion. Yeah, your arm's not supposed to go over your head that way. You right. know, you know, our arms swing underhand. Like that's why. You know, softball pitchers can throw back-to-back double, you know, back mm-hmm. at both ends of a double header and have two shutouts in each game. Um, you don't put the, the strain on your arm until you throw overhand on your shoulder and stuff. So that's that's a major problem. But we call that softball, which is funny. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's just it, – look, I love this game. I love baseball. I, I love talking about it. I, I, I think what the Rays have done, however they've done it, is freaking remarkable – I don't believe we'll have a better time in sports in, in Champa Bay than we do right now. Kevin Cash deserves uh, to, to experience a World Series. It, it would be great to see the trop, you know, lit up again and uh, in the postseason, and hopefully, you know, get to another one if they can. All of that stuff, but their their way is not for everybody, and it's being adopted by a lot of people, but it's not for everybody. So they keep winning, though, man. That's the good news, you know. The Rays are, and the Yankees are hot. The Yankees keep winning. I think the Yankees are there. Are clearly, it's going to be a two a two team race now to the finish. In the AL East, absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. and the last series is in New in York. New York and Houston. Before Start that. spreading the news. That's right. Yep, two toughies, man. You just hope 
maybe the Rays that Houston's clinched. They don't want to use their front line guys as starters or or something. But be going well, to uh, that or the Rays are good enough Yankees. to go in there and win anyway. So well, that that could I mean, happen. You know, the Rays there's, they have the best record in the American League for a reason. They do. You got to beat them. You got to beat the best, yeah. and they got to you know still a, a pretty consistent four four and a half game lead. To be the best, you got to beat the best. Got to beat the best. Woo! So. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, we've got, we've also, let's see, do we have mailbag questions left over or what we do we do? We do. We do. You want to okay. get to a couple? Yeah, let's do a few while we're at it. All right. We got to, uh, one uh, the other day, which is actually a good question from Ken. Mm-hmm. It says, with Bill Freehan of St. Pete Catholic passing away, I got to thinking, who is St. Petersburg's greatest locally born and raised professional sports athlete? In Tampa, we know about Al Lopez, Golden, Sheffield, Lou Pinella. St. Petersburg is a little skinnier list, I think. He came up with Ernest Givens, William Floyd from Lakewood High School. I think St. Pete has had one of the Haslams, who were great at Tennessee but not a pro. Marty Lyons, solid pro. Uh, Dixie had Dimitri Hill. They had Rick Stroud. Mm-hmm. All right, we have a winner. No more calls. Um, Definitely not. Yeah. Browning Nagel no. from Pinellas Park. Covered him. He says, who's he missing? Maybe it is Bill Freehan is the best. Mm. Now, immediately I said, well, if you're talking about Pinellas County, you've missed the most, the best Ray ever, Brett Phillips. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, where's he on this list? <laughs> well, he should be on there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where he's I mean, on How many guys fly airplanes in game four of the World Series? Seminole High Zone, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he he definitely deserves to be on there. There's no question about that. Bill Freehand was an unbelievable catcher. He's an all-star catcher uh, at a time when catching mattered. <laughs> Still matters, but, like, you had some great ones back then. And um, Oh, I think catching matters a lot if you look at the Rays. Yeah, no. I think, I think Mike Zanino is a big part of why the Rays are as good as they are, too. Yeah. And I'm not but, talking the offensive side, which he's been great this year. Right. And he was from St. Pete. Um, who else is on that list? I mean, it's it's tough, man. I'm well, I know sure one you played with, Howard yeah. Johnson. Well, Howard Johnson's from Clearwater, so you know I think we'd count him as as that. That'd be you Pinellas, know, West, I mean, West yeah. Bay, anyway. Yeah. yeah, the west side of the of uh, the Pinellas side of of Tampa Bay. So that that would count. Hojo, people forget, or maybe you don't, but um, I saw where they're doing another special on the '86 Mets, which I can't get enough of. I mean. If I see that train wreck that is Lenny Dykstra one more time, man, it's just wow. Uh, but that was an interesting time in baseball. And Hojo was drafted by the Tigers, and you know we were teammates at St. Pete College at the time for about one fall season. Back then they would have a, uh, a January draft in addition to a June draft. And he got picked in January, signed with the Tigers, and off he went. And was believe was on that the World Series team uh, for Detroit that won all those games over a hundred and something games. Uh, and then he ended up with the Mets, of course, the 80s with the 86 Mets, but Hojo had a run there where, you know, and he's not the biggest guy. Like I stood to him. I think I told you the story before he was in Nashville working as a, a as a coach in, in somebody's organization. And 
happened by the Bucks. He's a, he's a rabid Bucks fan. I mean, stuff penance up in his room type guy to this day. And you know, he came by um, to sort of look at his team. But he was a guy that thirty thirty club used to mean something. Thirty home runs and thirty stolen bases. Uh, and he would do that with some regularity. I mean, that was that was impressive because you know thirty thirty back in the day that was that was reserved for like you know your elite players that could kind of do it all. So Howard did that. So I, Howard, I remember in high school taking Howard Johnson number one overall in my fantasy baseball draft. Did you really? Wow, yeah. that was he came off that huge year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember I made up a jersey and everything that I held up at the draft because I had the first pick. So. Wow, that's way cool. Yeah. Well, if I ever bump into him again, I have to tell him that. Yeah. Um really nice guy though and and you know, he's he's doing great. Uh, I just he might be that guy. Freehand was a little before my day. I remember like, you know, him being in a World Series. Um I don't have an active memory of it, but I know he was. Uh let's see. Sheffield's from Tampa. It just seems like most of the Doc Gooden and those guys are from Tampa. Wade Boggs, right? Casey Kochman. Casey Kochman is a Seminole High product, yeah. He was there for sure. Dave Anderson. I'll give you a Dave Anderson who played shortstop for the Dodgers way back in the day. Um, played with me or against me at Arkansas State. In fact, my first game, we were playing Mem- what was then Memphis State, and they were a pretty good baseball team. Dave went to Memphis to play quarterback, and he wound up, not playing quarterback, but then decided to play baseball and they had a good baseball program. He's at shortstop, two kids from St. Pete playing a college game in Arkansas at Arkansas <laughs> State. And uh, I ended up at second base. I think I actually had a good day. I hit a double or something, and I'm standing there. I'm like, yo, what's up, Dave? And we were, like, just kibitzing. Like, can you believe this? We're sitting here, like, miles away from everything. He went on and was a first-round pick of the Dodgers and played shortstop for a long time and then was a uh, then was a third-base coach, I think, for them. For a number of years too, so you can't forget about guys like that: Howard Johnson, Dave, Dave Anderson. Um, there's been others. Tom Hume used to pitch for the Reds. He's yes. from Northeast High School. Remember him? I didn't realize that. Yeah, my dad signed him. Yeah. My what, dad was a Red Scout. What about Doug Wechter? Doug Wechter. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, Hume one time was the Fireman of the. You remember they used to get the Rollades Fireman of the Year for the most best mm-hmm. reliever. Mm-hmm. He won that award one time. He listens to the podcast, so. Tom? Well, shout out. Shout out to my boy. Yeah, Tom Hume. Played for my dad. Uh, ben Hayes was another one that was a Cincinnati reliever that's from St. Pete College. Yeah. What about what about football players or anybody from St. Pete? Mean, I mean, there was, uh, who was it, Edwards from Gibbs High School. Played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think. Um, I believe that was his name. Let's see. That one's a little tougher for me. I don't know why, because I cover football, so I should know all the damn guys. I mean, there's the kids, the Griffin brothers from Lakewood are pretty good, right? Sha- Shaquille yeah. and, and, and What Shaquille? about, uh, I'm just going through a list here, Dante Fowler? Dante Fowler was a first-round pick, right? Of the, uh, of, Shaquille Griffin? In the Rams, yeah. He was born in yeah, St. Pete. I said Shaquille and Shaquille. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Twins. There's been a bunch. There's been a bunch. Any basketball? The greatest. Tampa definitely has them for yeah, the t- Hall yeah. of Fame types. Oh, yeah. You know? Including managers. And you get like Tony La Russa and. Yeah. Al Lopez. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. That one's tougher. 
We had a few. We had a few guys over there in St. Yeah. Pete that could mix it up with anybody. We need to get some hockey players born here that make the NHL. That's what we need next. Is there is there a Florida born hockey player in the NHL? There is, is. There one. There is one. There's now? at least one. Okay. Um, it's got to be an incredibly hard thing to do. I'll bet you that that kid was shipped away at 15 to go play in Canada somewhere. Well, most of most of them are anyway. I mean, yeah. When you play hockey, but I bet you left the states to do yeah. it because you don't. The quality of hockey is just not here. It's getting better though. For sure. Yeah. By the way, interesting news, and in, because I'm a Michigan fan, so I've saw it all over Twitter. But uh, three Michigan had three top five draft picks in the NHL draft this year. Mm-hmm. They're all coming back to play their sophomore season at Michigan. Why and is that? Hockey. They want to win a national championship. Wow. So Michigan returns their three best players from last year, essentially. They have actually seven number one draft picks on their roster this coming season. Seven, wow. Two that were incoming freshmen that were drafted this year in the first round. I mean, all first-round draft picks, by the way. Wow. And then they have the three that are coming back this year, and they have a sophomore and a junior that are first-round draft mm. picks that have stayed in college that haven't gone pro yet. That's But cool. just, just weird that three of the top five picks are not going pro. Normally, it, it, today, if you're drafted top five in the NHL, top ten really, you're going to probably play this year. In Absolutely. the NHL. Oh, yeah. Or at least get a look early and then. But they chose to go back to win it because they didn't They didn't get a chance at the national championship last year. They actually made the tournament but then had a COVID outbreak, so they had to essentially forfeit. I like the uh, sort of being unified like that. Yeah. You know, but just, uh, you know, it's just, it's just weird in the NHL to see three top, you know, top draft picks not, not sign. And they'll sign next year, presumably. I mean, they'll go pro next year, but. So well, they still belong, they'll belong to those organizations yes. for a yes. year. Yeah, I think for four years once you're drafted, gotcha. if you go to college. I think I think that's the way it works. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, just a weird note. Not that most people care about listening to it, but just a weird. Well, I I appreciate the question. I just don't. I wish I had a better idea of uh, more St. Pete, and I, I'm kind of bailing a little bit. I don't think Bill Prehan's a bad choice, by the way, because he was an outstanding All Star catcher, and there's not many All Stars. Um, Howard made the All Star team, I believe, once or twice. I have to look that up, but uh, but that's that's pretty good company as far as that goes. Howard had to make the All Star game a couple of times. Yeah, he least. did. He did. Yeah, hey, I remember him. Tip- I see him in my mind's eye, keeping his cap now. Yeah, he actually made the All Star game twice. Okay, uh, finished fifth in the MVP voting twice, and finished tenth another time. So pretty good, man. That's a pretty good career for a kid from Clearwater. Not bad really at is. all. Not bad at all. I mean, That's what right. finished two hundred twenty-eight home runs? Yeah, yeah. Seven, led the league in RBIs one year and home runs one year. Led a different year. Led the league in runs. Right, and that was. I mean, I I don't. Who knows when people did what? Yeah. Right, but I think that was a little pre-steroid era. Well, not only that, so he did the 30-30 we talked about. Uh, He did it uh, three times. Three times, He actually had more steals than home runs in his career. Really? Wow. He had 228 home runs, 231 steals. That's pretty impressive. I knew he could run. I knew he could run. Um, Early in my career, I was playing at Dixie Hollins. He was playing Clearwater. and We had a coach um, who was really good for, for George Johnson for us at Dixie. And but he taught he taught us a little bit of dirty baseball, man. Like to break up a double play, he wanted us to show them our spikes and then put them down. Like yes. you slide with your feet up and then you quickly re- put them in the dirt. But all they see is the metal cleats coming at them. Yep. Um, but I went in. I I, I might have. I don't know if I was playing. I was. I think I was a sophomore, junior. I'm sure I was playing. But I ended up at first base and then uh, there's a ground ball hit and it was just me and Howard. 
And I'm telling you, I rolled him. And that guy is just, he's built like a truck. And he fell on top of me. It was good for either one of us. But I just remember thinking, God, man, you are a load. Like you, athletic as he was. And uh, I took him out. I took him out good, though. I got I got both his feet. You know, it was so funny. Like nowadays, you can't take out an infielder. It's so foreign to me because I, I spent my whole career trying to jump over people. And it, it's just funny to me that you have to slide directly into the bag. You can't lift your feet. You can't roll a guy. Well, it's because they I mean, actually make you touch the bag now for the out. So yeah, you have to touch the bag with your foot uh, or your hands. But they, yeah. you know, the guys would come out. Guys would come in, and of course, you know, it was the neighborhood play, right? You mm-hmm. try to preserve yourself just by well, he's close enough to second before he jumped out of the way. Um, but I've got I got, got rolled so many times, so many seconds. Remember Pete Rose and Bud Harrelson going back a hundred years ago, and some of the collisions that they'd have in baseball was really something. All right. Well, good discussion on baseball and the Rays, of course. Uh, tomorrow we will get you ready for the Bucks' final preseason game between uh, the Bucks at Houston against the Texans. Tom Brady. That's right. Tom Brady, the GOAT, is going to play. The starters are going to play. They've only played about six snaps each on offense and defense. They're going to go a half, according to Bruce Arians. So we'll look forward to that, and hopefully uh, they make out of that pretty much unscathed as far as their health goes because – it is a risky proposition, but they feel like they need to play. There's a lot of time off. Uh, they will get four straight days off, as a matter of fact. They have to have four days off in a row. Uh, so that will be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. There will be no players, no practice. They'll get their bodies back, get their legs back, and uh, and then have the extra week in between before they get ready. Just a few weeks away, man, before the uh, bah, 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 the opener. Thursday night football. Uh, Two yeah, weeks from big, today. Two weeks. Big game, two weeks, yeah. Wow. Wow, I've got a lot of work to do. 14 days or 14 nights, whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, 14 sleeps or very little sleeps for me, as the case may be. That means i got to get off this podcast and go to work and do my other job or part of my job as far as writing goes. So appreciate you guys listening. As always, we'll preview the Bucks and the Houston Texans tomorrow on the podcast. For Steve Burstyn, Comrade Stroud of the Tempe Times, have a great day, everybody. 